0: Hello everyone, Chad Franzen with the Kingdom Finance Show and on today's podcast, I'm going to be sitting down with friend and business entrepreneur, Billy Epperhart, and we're going to be taking an in-depth look at the U.S. and global economy, interest rates, the markets. And And we had a really good time recording this, so much so that we're going to split it into two episodes. So this will be part one of my conversation with Billy Epperhart, talking about our view of the markets our expectations for 2024, and how we are personally investing our resources. I hope you enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Chad and welcome to the Kingdom Finance Show. And on today's episode, I am really excited to have a friend, mentor, business partner, Mr. Billy Epperhart. Joining us today, and uh, Billy, thanks for joining us on the Kingdom Finance Show.
1: Man, Chad, I'm excited to be here with you, and I I appreciate all the things that have been happening through the Kingdom Finance Show and the and all the listeners that are out there. We got some really good information today.
0: We're great. We were just talking offline uh, about what's been going on in the markets and the economy and things like the Mag- Magnificent Seven. Which that is that a Western movie? Or are we talking about <laughs> stock market? So. Uh, we got some good content today. I know, um, you know, we're really excited about 2024 and some of the things going on at Wealth Builders and what we're doing uh, on the investment front. So let's just jump in. Um, you know, the the S and P 500 reached 5,000 yep. for the first time ever last week. And uh, what, what's your take, Billy, on on kind of what you're seeing in the markets right now?
1: Well, you know, we had something happen in the market. Uh, we're, we're recording this. Uh, On a Friday and just last Friday here in February of 2024, last Friday, we had something happen, Chad, in the stock market that we haven't had happen since uh, the day after Black Monday in 1987. Mm -hmm. And what happened was is that we actually had the number of market losers in the S&P 500 was twice the number of market winners. So what that's telling us is a couple of things. One is, is that really it's the magnificent seven, it's Apple and Amazon and Alphabet or Google uh, and Meta, Facebook and NVIDIA, The the big AI technology company, all of those are pulling the market up. Right. And uh, but the fundamentals and the healthiness of many of the other stocks in the in the S&P 500, um, you know, they are some of them are really hurting. And so what's happening is that those big companies have really pulled it up. But so I think that's one thing that's going on. And what that means is people say, what does that mean? What that means is that, you know, if we broke 5000, I think there's a there's a false inflation of value there across the board where those stocks are pulling it up. Then the second thing is I'm convinced because of the implosion that's in China right now, China just in the last two and a half years has lost. China with Hong Kong, which, of course, is now China, has has lost over $7 trillion in their equities market, $7 trillion. So they, people go, well, how does that affect me? Well, it affects you in two ways. One is the people that are invested in that market need to find a safe haven for their money. True. And so what's happening is they're putting their money over here which is then in turn, many of those dollars are driving up our market and they're putting it in much of that. A lot of that is going into those magnificent seven. And then the other part that's happening is that the commercial real estate market in China is absolutely just imploded. And so the the part of all that is money is looking for a safe haven. And right now it's finding that and what, what it can it considers US equities. Yeah. And uh, and so and of course we can talk about bonds and stuff here in a little But right now, I think that's really part of what's going on. Now, people that are smart and wise, they can take advantage of the uptick. But I'm going to tell you what going up is definitely comes down. If you look at the Buffett indicator right now, Mm -hmm. which basically is the value of the S&P 500 compared to where we are with the gross domestic product, that Buffett indicator is flashing red right Mm -hmm. now that the market is definitely overpriced based on fundamentals. And the last thing I'll say mm-hmm. is the market right now, uh, the, here within just a couple of days of when we are talking about this on air here, uh, it was around 32 times uh, what we call price to earnings. Mm-hmm. And so that means that, and, and and the the normal that we've looked at is, you know, 15 times sure. earnings. So we're over twice mm-hmm. what the regular price to earnings are. Mm-hmm. And people always say, "Well, you know, it's a new season; it's a new time. You got technology, you got this—you know—the AI we were talking about driving it up." But the truth is, you just—you, I know, I've, I've, I know, I sound like a broken record probably the last two years on this, but it's just a weird time that we're looking at in the market. So, you and we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, you know, about what to do with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and there's been a lot of uh, market manipulation if you will, by just Federal Reserve and interest rate policy. And, you know, I think a lot of people have FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out. out. Mm -hmm. And what we see is a lot of people think in their retirement plan or brokerage accounts that they just put it in the index or the the market, let's call it, and they they think they have instant diversification. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest publicly traded U.S. companies, it's really become the S&P 7. Mm -hmm. Right and and last year I don't have the exact numbers, but those other four hundred ninety three public companies, a lot of them were flat to negative to low single digit returns. That's correct. And so to your point, a lot of that money is is just chasing big tech high valuations. And just so listeners understand, Billy, when you talk about this price to earnings ratio, it's around thirty two right now. Mm -hmm. Historically, you're going to see it around fifteen to eighteen. That's really just telling how expensive something is, right? Whether you're buying a car or a Rolex watch or, or a piece of real estate, this is a metric for, well, am I, am I overpaying for it? Um, So a lot of people, why would you say a lot of people are overpaying for it? I think some people are hoping for multiple expansion that the, you know, that's just going to continue to grow, but at some point, financial gravity, you know, is going to come, come set in. And um, I mean, what's your take? You obviously think that's, way too high value and I agree with you. Why do you think a lot of investors are just continuing to flock to those to those types of rich valuation? Well
1: I think I think you know one of the first reasons is a lot of investors don't know what else to do right now. And so they're going there and I'm talking about, you know, the real, the real, real smart money is not in the headiness of the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think meaning they're not in that frothiness, they're staying out of it. And so I think right now, you know, we talked about some alternatives to in places you can go and when before we came on. So there's some opportunities that I think we've talked about. You know, one of those is just being what we preach some is just good value stocks that are paying dividends. Those are those are always a good place to go. And then, of course, one of the things we're offering now in Solomon Fund Mm -hmm. that we have is, you know, the private equity is a complete diversification away from the market itself. And when I say complete, it's a it's really a total different type of uh, financial exposure Mm -hmm. uh, when you're going into some of these individual companies like what we've done in the private equity arena. So that's, you know, that's a couple of areas. And then your short term fixed investments. Mm -hmm. Your short-term bonds, CDs, that kind of thing. Those right now, they're still paying really good. uh, You know, because the interest rates are up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're going to drill down on that a little bit more here at the end of the show. We'll we'll talk specifically on some of the things we like. Billy's already alluded to some of these asset classes that we feel are are prudent to be in. Again, we're not giving you uh, advice. We're giving you. We're sharing ideas of what we're doing internally. Um, On that. Let's talk before we go into that. Let's talk a little bit about interest rates. We were talking about the bond market earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bond market has always been a really good uh, indicator, maybe even more so than stocks and real estate of what what the how the economy is doing and what the future expectations are. You know, the bond market has predicted every recession, you know, right. going back to, to World War II.
1: Never miss. Um,
0: you were educating me before we came on just on some of the what the bond market's been saying. And uh, even this past week with Fed Chairman Powell and the Fed meeting, um, what he said compared to what the bond market had been assuming was right. going to happen.
1: So yeah. About. So I think I think what's happened is that uh, the stock market and the bond market had priced in. What we call uh, basis points, 150 basis points, over the next three, starting in March, uh, they they saw 50 basis points is basically a half a percent. So they were they were basically pricing in that in March and May, June or July they were gonna they were actually gonna lower at least by September they were gonna lower the uh, the Fed lending rate by 150 basis points, which is basically one and a half percent. Well what's happened is is that first of all the Fed is not going to lower in March. They've already said that. Mm-hmm. And secondly it's going to be 75 uh basis points, right? Uh excuse me, tw- 25. I'm 25. Yeah, total of 75, yeah. 25 basis points that they'll do in each one. And I don't think Chad they're going to do it until September. I think I think they'll do it in September to try to help influence the election. Is right. is my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think that right now that that uh that inflation in the economy is kind of like a stubborn grass stain mm-hmm. in your light colored blue jeans. Mm-hmm. You wipe you put Clorox in it, and you get it out, and you. But can it, won't still, it won't go away. will You still <laughs> see that green in there, and I think I think what's happening right now with inflation is that I, I, you know, I use some luxury indexes like we were talking about before we came on. Yes, I look at that at the Bloomberg Watch Index uh, for luxury watches like Rolex watches, and you can see where they got so overpriced. Some of those, mm. some of those watches on the used market were selling for double or triple what the normal retail price is for a new watch. I mean, it was crazy. Hmm. And what, what I'm watching is I use that as an indicator of the frothiness, the where it's just, you know, we're in a bubble kind of thing. And so I've seen some of that start coming down. And so we're starting to see other types uh, of uh, luxury items, you know, that are either not selling or they're coming down on the used market. So I think the point of that is that is, is that there is some taming, Mm-hmm. Of the bubble and some taming of the frothiness, but I think inflation at its core right now in the U.S. is a little more stubborn than people think yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, and we talked on the here on the show about what we call double dip inflation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the inflation's come down significantly, but to your point, with you know the job market still hot um, and and prices you know, particularly food. I mean, you go to restaurants and oh, I talked man. to a restaurant owner this past week when I was in there in in Colorado Springs and it's like the, the amount of milk and eggs and, and things that they need for it's their staple items of, you know, you're talking 30, 40% increases. Yeah, and, um, so I agree with you. I think just that stubbornness of inflation and, and with the job market, that's going to be the balancing act of kind of a muddle through, um, economy, uh, Going back to you mentioned the crash of nineteen eighty seven and Black mm-hmm. Monday, that was about a twenty seven percent drop, uh, drop mm-hmm. in the Dow Jones. Um, I had to look that up. I mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't remember it. I was still in grade school then, at least. Yeah. Really, so, but um, <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew it was significant. But so that just to give people um, perspective, one of the one of the terms we use in the industry is. The trend is your friend Mm -hmm. until it's not. Until it's not. And and the other thing is risk happens a little at a time and then all at once. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is everything's going well. And then over a weekend, it could be some political thing, geopolitical thing, whatever. And then all of a sudden the trend is not your friend and it can happen very quickly, like within a week.
1: No, it can. And all you need... You know, sometimes we talk about the black the black swan events mm-hmm. that happen. Mm-hmm. Of course, that will trigger in just mm-hmm. a couple of days. But I think, you know, also there's some fundamental things going on right now that people don't know. I think right now there's mega exposure in the U.S. in commercial real estate and yes. the balance sheets of many banks. Uh, still, we we had you know we had the failure of the California mm-hmm. bank and a couple other banks that happened six eight months ago. But what's happening now? I guess one of them almost a year ago now. But as right. you look back on it, uh, there's right now there's still that exposure, especially to office space kind of real uh, mm-hmm. commercial real estate. And some others and so because of that i think we you know we still that has not washed through yet it that that it is not that mm-hmm. still can have an impact on us and so uh, you know not just to sound negative because we'll talk about things you can do but the truth of the matter is you just have to have, be aware of what kind of current environment we're in
0: mm-hmm. to <clears throat> kind of go deeper on your point on the some of those luxury indexes like the rolex index Um, you know the big money. You know the the ultra high net worth families and groups. They're not worried about interest rates to go buy things. But I think there's a lot of insight if they if if sales in luxury yachts or Rolexes, some of those higher end things are going down. To me, that's saying hey, some of the big money is saying hey, smart money. Um, you know, there's some headwind here. Uh, we're not we're not worried about having to get financing to buy anything. Right. We're, we're not going to.
1: No, we're going to keep our powder dry. We're going to hold on to our money. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think that's really telling that the you know the average investor doesn't doesn't really catch that. You're not going to see that on on CNBC or or in you know uh, even the Wall Street Journal for that matter. Um, let's talk about the Fed. They have uh, a meeting in March, March 20th. That they meet in May, June, July, and then also September. Uh, as well as a couple other dates, but um, the election—it's pretty big. big we had a big election this year, election presidential election year. A lot of, a lot of seats up in, in, in Congress as well. You know that's November fifth, and, and the Federal Reserve. I want to go back to your point. <clears throat> they meet um, September eighteenth. Yep, is the last meeting before the election, nice. and then they actually meet two days after the election on November seventh. So what do you expect um, as we head into the fall? We know there's going to be all kinds of chaos and uncertainty around the election. And and what do you think the markets are going to be expecting going into the fall?
1: Well, I think what we're going to see, uh, you know, the Fed meets March uh, and then I think the next meeting is in June. Uh,
0: they meet May, May first, middle May, of June. Next meeting
1: May, then June, July, July. then September. And I think what's going to happen is is that that as we stated that that inflation is more stubborn, and I don't think that they're going to actually lower rates. And and honestly, I think that's still a little bit up in the air whether they'll lower or not. I think uh, you know I was reading about the the Fed governors mm-hmm. here this week and this this would be of a lot of interest to our to our listening audience is that uh, reading about the Fed governors and and I I was I was blown away I started to put that in my notes I did not was I was kind of on the run when I was reading it but you realize that of the Fed governors, now they, these aren't just the top Fed officials we have mm-hmm. on the central bank, but then those that are around it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, on the central bank itself, right, the actual uh, uh, Fed chairmen that sit on there and the ones around it, ninety percent of the of all of those that are in the central bank right now are declared Democrats.
0: Is that right?
1: That's exactly I did right. not know that. No, over 90%. <laughs> and so what that t- you know, I can understand 64, yeah, you know, over 90%. Well, right now they're, you know, I'm I'm not just sitting here arbitrarily criticizing the Fed. What I'm saying is, is sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll tell you why I'm saying that is because they've gotten over into stuff where they want to influence economics like on climate change. Mm-hmm. And very candidly, there's some other things that we definitely don't agree with uh, from a woke, anti-woke, or a value system that we have that's based on the Bible, right? And on the written word of God. And uh, and you see how some of those guys think. And so you say, what's the point of it? The point of that is that I think they will try to influence the election a little bit. maybe Maybe not what they would call directly, but indirectly. And that's why I think they're going to do their best to try to Give us a rate cut, but I think that inflation is a little more stubborn than that. And truthfully, you probably could go into next year, uh, really? you know, the beginning, early early stages of next year before that first rate cut. But something's going to happen before the election.
0: So you're telling me that the Fed governors are big proponents of Bidenomics? Exactly. Okay. That's what we'll I'm make saying. Sure okay. <laughs> I just make sure I say Bidenomics, I'm, Right. Yeah. I just so make sure apparently, it's working really yeah. well. So. <laughs> Um, I mean, you talk to small business owners, not so much, but yeah, are people going to the grocery store consumers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think rates, uh, I think I, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised that they cut in July just if they're really going to try to influence Influence in that regard. Yeah. Um, I think September for sure. Um, I I think one of my main takeaways is, you know, the bond market, um, has said to come back to reality of, well, this is. This is, not, this is not going to be as as quick a cut. You know, you talk to a lot of realtor friends, mortgage companies. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are very optimistic that in telling, you know, buyers. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Uh, hey, you know, rates are, are probably going to start dropping in March. I mean, I think I hear that from every real estate professional and, and mortgage person, and, and they may. But
1: well, I think it's too early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're
0: clear. So our, our position is it's going to be delayed on that. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Kingdom Finance Show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps to get the word out. For more resources on becoming a kingdom investor and to connect with us directly, visit our website at wealthbuilders.net. That's wealthbuilders.net. We'll see you next time on the Kingdom Finance Show. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Authentic Counsel, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum.